Ooh. Oh. The light just went on. Okay, that was spooky. That was spooky. Skidamarinky dinky ding, oh, skidamarinky do. So, what? Who cares? No. I don't know. I find that song so annoying. Okay, okay. Are we going to annoy people with it? No. I sing it to my nephew. Skidamarinky dinky ding, skidamarinky do. I love you. <laughs> like that. You sing that to, I can see you singing that to him. I sang it to him like maybe 40 times last night. I, and I can then I did. It. I can picture it. I put him on my leg and I go, trot, trot to Boston. Gonna buy a pig. I fucking love that one. The best. That's my fucking favorite one. Was that our intro? Yeah. Buy a pig. Yeah. I mean, it's a cute (laughs) song to sing to a kid, but I'm like, is it cute for our intro? (laughs) Do we keep that as our intro? (laughs) We're doing it. So what? Who cares? We're doing it. It's been stuck in my head for like 24 hours. Are we recording now? Oh, yeah. We're recording. Um, So the light came on right as Kaylee hit record. It was creepy. And maybe it's a good omen. Oh, gee, John. Oh, gee, Oh, my God. And Jesus. Okay, so. Oh, we have to we tell you guys a story. We haven't even talked about Jesus, have we? No, we haven't talked about Jesus. Is that who you're going to talk about? I Well, yeah. Okay. So Sage and I, whenever we're like driving around and we see free stuff on the side of the road, you know, we, we have, have to stop. stop. We have to stop and get something for free. Have to. We got a little rocking chair, like a wicker <laughs> rocking chair for Archie off the side of the road. We've gotten that bunny. I got him a yeah, the bunny. <laughs> the, the bunny. fucking dirty bunny. The, the dirty bunny. Donna, like, <laughs> Sage put it somewhere in the house and Donna was like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, I have no idea. Dirty, nasty bunny. I, I was like, I had no idea. She was terrified. But we also did find a nice framed photo of Jesus, which we'll put on the Insta. We will absolutely. And we put it, it in many places. <laughs> it's been like hopping around your house. One day I put it in your fridge and your whole family was like, who put Jesus in the fridge? And I was like, I have no idea. And I never told anybody it was me. And then we have the old Pepsi machine and it was sitting like in yeah, the like in little where slot. You, yeah, the slot to pick it out. It. He's it's been, been in my, all around. my window above my tree. It's a gorgeous. And right now it's sitting on our desk. I'm not religious. Kaylee, I mean, you're not like religious enough to have a fucking Jesus picture, but this I is went a to gorgeous. Church camp, okay. Yeah, well, it is a good looking Jesus. True. Have you ever been to Hobby Lobby though and seen their Jesuses? <laughs> they got Jesus's? some fucking mad Jesus their shit Jesus's? there. Jesuses? How do you, Jesuses? I've been there on a Sunday though. Okay. No, nobody's been there on a Sunday. I might get, get a the job there because I wouldn't have to work. The, I <laughs> get Sundays off. Fucked up on a Saturday and not have to go <laughs> into work. But they're. They're uh, Jesuses, if I'm saying that right. I don't know how. I think it's uh, Jesai. Jesai. They're Jesais. <laughs> um, are all very attractive. Oh. I have a I have a video of it somewhere. I was like, damn, this Jesus is looking good. Dang, and he he's kind of hot like, in this picture. He's not bad. This is a really he's nice. He's got a little frame. bit of a receding hairline there. Yeah, though. he does. And also, we got a Windex the inside of that. Oh, wait. It's inside. It's like a weird. It's inset. It's guys. It's like but a. But it's gold and it's like so cool. You think it's, it's worth something? Let's see <laughs> who painted it. Oh, you could probably take it out the back, but it it is like inside of glass, like yeah, thicker. Yeah, what? This thing is like it's like a. It's a weird frame. I've never seen it before in my life. I don't want to fuck with it. Anyways, I, you don't want to mess with Jesus. Just leave him alone. It's meant to be. Yes. It gives it a little uh, antique looking. It's kind of weird though. It and then we have Oji Chan. Oh yeah, OG from Pen Fifteen. Yes, it's a, it's a little sticker. If you guys know, you know. But if you, anyways, yeah, this grandfather OG Chan. Um. Anyways, um, this episode's wilderness. Yes. So yeah, I reached out to my Paul Smith's peeps. Mm-hmm. I got a weird one. My friend from college, she sent in a weird one. Oh, I love it. Wilderness is such a good one because, oh, there's something fucking spooky about it. And so yeah, we had to do another one, mm-hmm. and I want to do ghosts again, Kay. Yeah. We have we got a lot. We have a 
fan that sent us a bunch and her name starts with an L if you're listening because oh we know you're listening and so we need to tell hers yeah there is a bunch in there's there. a bunch and then Valentine's Day coming up. Yeah. We're going to do like I a mean, Valentine's Day bad date mix. Yeah. We want a bad date. So send us some bad thing. dates. But if you have some like really cute stories too that are like. They have to be good. Like yeah. I'm, I want to hear about when your boyfriend made out with you one time. And felt you up in a movie theater. Yeah. Touch your titty. Squeeze your nippy. <laughs> give, give your nippy a little, pit, little pinchy. Oh my Yeah. God. I don't want to hear about that. Well, maybe. It, maybe if you got caught and you got arrested. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, a little twist. Yeah. A little, <laughs> little twist and shout. Yeah, sure. A little sinsman. <laughs> Just, yeah, if you get caught somewhere, oh, God, yeah, send it in. Oh, Anything. God. Okay, so first, should we just do our fucked up facts? No, let's oh, get into yeah, it, let's bitch. Do it. Okay. You want me to go first since yeah, you're so ahead. excited go about ahead. yours? Okay, I, think- I volunteer myself. Okay, okay, ready? Mm-hmm. St. Lucia. Okay. Shit, it's always shitty in St. Lucia. Yep. Remember oh, that? Yeah, I remember in that. our shit episode. St. Lucia is the only country in the world named after a woman. Oh, what? St. Lucia was discovered by the French after they were shipwrecked on the island. They arrived on December 13th, which is the feast day of St. Lucie, hence why they named it St. Lucia. Yeah. Women power, bitch. Okay. The only one, though. That's so... But... There should be more, okay? All right. Are you ready for mine? Give it to me. Boeing used potatoes to test in-flight Wi-Fi. Point seven forty-seven. Yeah. No, I don't know. All of them. You want to hear how? I love Boeing. You want to know how they use the potatoes? Yes. Looking to improve in-flight wireless internet signals, engineers at the Boeing company turned to an unusual stand-in for passengers sacks of potatoes so apparently they use the potatoes to simulate a fully weighted plane to test ways to improve the wi-fi connectivity during flight so they use so they use the sacks of potatoes to like weigh out like human beings that's so weird i love that because i love the boeings apparently though and i remember like seeing this when we were kids that people would use potatoes for things in projects Mm-hmm. Do you remember that for like electricity projects? Yeah. Potatoes absorb and reflect radio waves in a very similar fashion to the human body. Wait, but I can't if I stuck a if I stuck a wire in me like I'm one arm and then another arm. Mm-hmm. Could I jumpstart my car? No, I can't. Can I? Can I? Can you do that with a potato though? Apparently, you can like light a light bulb with a potato. Can I, I do that? Crazy. I don't know. But stab yourself oh my with a God. knife and then <laughs> stick the wire inside. Take a light bulb, shove it in there. Could you do it? Probably not. You might bleed out. <laughs> Quickly. It's not like a potato Go. dies. If you if it was your if it was it your wilderness, it doesn't bleed. <laughs> if it was your wilderness survival, that's would what you I would do be it. doing to get Wi Fi. If you could yeah. <laughs> service. If you could stab yeah, and then get a antenna. I don't know, maybe it'd work. But anyways, they named the project Synthetic Personal Using Dialectic Substitution, also known as Spuds. Oh, I I was going to say potatoes. Spuds. (laughs) It's spelled out Spuds. That's so funny. Right? I love it. Me too. I liked it a lot. I feel like, I mean, we all kind of are like potatoes in our own way. Like everybody's unique. We're all potatoes, you think? We're all just filled with goop. Goopity goopity. And gunk. Pick your poison. 
That's all you're getting. <laughs> okay, you ready? I mean, this is like my life all the time with just in general. I, this always happens to me. Well, not that when this happens, but. <laughs> okay, go. Would you rather vomit every time someone tells you that they love you or. Oh, God, you do do that a lot. Throw a temper tantrum the first time you meet your in-laws. <laughs> vomit every time someone says that they love you. Because honestly, I could just tell people don't say that you love me because I could yeah. just show them a tattoo like on my arm. I could get it tattooed on my arm and say, don't do this. Yeah, you. Yeah, but if if someone loves you, they'll know that probably they love exactly. you enough to tell you I love you. I throw up anyway, so yeah, it's, I'm immune. I'm not to that. throwing a temper tantrum the first time I meet my in laws. It's like that's, no. they're gonna think you're crazy the rest of your fucking life. Actually, funny story about the both both of these cards is that the first time I met Ryan's parents, I got so fucking drunk, and the next day we had to sleep in separate beds, and the next day I vomited behind their garage, and then I went to the Agawam <laughs> Diner in Rowley and I threw up in their parking lot and oh that was the God. first time I met his parents I got so wasted with his mom so those cards actually fit your life pretty well this is pretty fucking accurate but it wasn't a temper tantrum you were having a good time now, I vomited the day after I met my boyfriend's parents aka not my in-laws but my boyfriend's parents yeah she drank a lot I drank a lot and we you talked about murder good, you have a good time with we talked mom, about murder you? yeah we get drunk all the time it's so much fun all right we laugh. <laughs> we laugh. Do you we, laugh? She taught me how to smoke a fucking big old slab of pork butt on the green egg. Oh my god! She the taught egg. me how to do that. I love it. God, God, fucking bless her. She's the she's the shit. I love her. Oh my god! Wait, I have a little surprise for you. A charged iPad? No, something I put on the Instagram and I deleted it. Like seconds later, I don't think anybody saw it. I found the <gasps> savers. Oh my god! Is it a mini? Damn it, doll! No. Oh my god! What is? Please that? read it. This says. I thought it was a damn it doll, but I'm so excited. It's called a over-the-hill doll. Stick pins where symptoms arise may need more pins. So I need to get pins. Oh, no, I have a pin. There is one little pin right there. Oh, my God, what? It's right here. Oh, my God. Do I just hook Can it in? Can we also just say that the handwriting is like the oldest grandpa handwriting it's you've so ever seen? so fucking cute. Okay, now so here them. are all the ailments. Oh, my God, front and back. I'm going to read them to you guys. We're just going to run with this episode. Who cares? So what? Who cares, right? Yeah. Headache. Bifocals, crow's feet, double chin. I, oh, I'm gonna be sticking a pin right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Saggy boobs, not yet, but probably pretty soon. Arthritis in my knee, heartburn <laughs> last night. Okay, I could have used this. Flabby <laughs> arms, I'm gonna need more than one pin. Okay, age spots, not yet. Indigestion, mm -hmm. yep. indigestion, upset stomach. Stop. Yep, there's some good Stop ones on it. here. There's Spare tire. <laughs> Can I use it as a damn doll as well? I think so. Oh my god, a spare fucking tire. Who made this? I think it's handmade. I found it at Savers. I am this I've never been so excited about a gift in my entire it life. It's better. Spare tire, which yes, I will be sticking a pin in that. Menopause, not yet, honey. Cellulite pin, varicose veins. That's literally my one nightmare. I know. My nightmare. You know, you're not supposed to sit cross legged. Corns. Corns. Corns on your feet. Nobody wants corns on the feet. All right. Now I flipped it over to the backside. We got memory loss. Sometimes. Hard of hearing. Sometimes. <laughs> Gray hair. Once. I'm waiting for it. Stiff neck. All yeah. All the time. All the fucking time. Bad back. <laughs> all, all the, the time. fucking time. Uh, tired blood. What does that really mean? I don't fucking know. A little, little spooky. Scars. I got some on my knee from all my, my four knee surgeries I had. <laughs> 
uh, aches. Put a pin in it. Yeah, yeah. This one is probably one of the better ones. Saggy buttocks or yeah. buttocks. Sa- saggy buttocks. Auntie Saggy. Uh, this saggy. one I don't need to put a pin in. I will save a pin for a rainy day. Constipation. Do not have that problem. Sometimes <laughs> I have that problem. But re- Oh, here's one. Gas pin. I'm not going to admit nor deny this one. <laughs> okay, what is it? Hemorrhoids. Anyways, I didn't he- even read all these. And swollen ankles. Ooh, little cankles. So I'm definitely going to be sticking some pins in this later. We'll for be reporting sure. live on that one. Oh my God, we should. <laughs> All right, let's get into our stories. I'll let's go just first. get into let's it. Let's get into it. Fuck it. We got some stories sent in by some listeners. We also have some that we found interesting on Reddit. And then I picked a few from uh, another website at the bottom, but whatever. So we'll start off with this one. Nothing creepy, honestly, but I was hunting grouse once and a tree fell in front of me. Nothing pushed it. It was just an old tree that decided to fall in my presence. It was beautiful, as if it waited for me all those years. I felt privileged in some kind of way, as if it chose to end its era in my presence. Wow. You would never experience shit like this in the city. And they ask why I hunt. Wow. It's like... Kind of cool, right? But did it make a noise? It did, because he was there. He didn't... Oh, that's really incredibly beautiful. It is beautiful. Okay, here we go. Excuse me. The next story. This didn't happen to me, but I talked to an older gentleman that was a big game hunter. He went out to Wyoming, don't remember what he was hunting, with a bunch of friends. They had set up a plan to start at a specific spot and walk parallel at different angles about a half mile apart. We call that a drive where I'm from. Okay. Just in case (laughs) something happens, they can send out warning signal if they need help. Well, this guy started walking for a couple miles and was only seeing small animals, but he hit a point where he wasn't hearing anything. No birds, no scurrying animals, nothing. He said it just felt unreal. It was never that quiet before. It gave him goosebumps. Finally, he heard a noise behind him and didn't even turn his head fully to see a grizzly bear running at him full speed. Shit. He got mauled. Luckily, his friend was behind him and was able to shoot the thing down. Oh, my God. I would just like to say, side note, I do have a friend that had a really insane grizzly bear. I know, waiting for that story. We, will, we have to squeeze it out of him. I, have yeah. to, I messaged him a while back, but I got to remind him. All right. He was seconds away from dying in those woods, but remarkably survived. The most creepy part was his friend watched the grizzly stalk him for miles, but was unable to do anything really helps remind you that there is very small differences in prey and predators in places like that. So he watched him. He didn't want to spook him. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't want to spook him and make it worse. Um, I don't think I could ever like be in the woods where there are grizzly bears, except like Alaska's on my bucket list. But like, oh my God, that's so fucking scary. I know. Okay, here's another one. Ugh. A few years back, myself, my father, and grandfather all went out bear and deer hunting in the Ozark Mountains. A few days in, as we're heading back to camp at a little past 10 p.m., we stumble across a really, really old graveyard with markers so old the names had worn off. (sighs) Nothing really happened, but there was something about that place that just unsettled me. My skin began to crawl as we walked through, and there was this snap of a twig not too far from where I was standing. Needless to say, I drew my sidearm, a forty-four special belonging to my grandfather, and began picking my way back to the quads. To this day, I still vividly remember the sick feeling in my stomach. 
I'd like to go back someday and have a closer look at that place in some actual light. <sighs> Spooky. That's like the Pataquaway one with the mm-hmm. the 102 year old lady. Yeah. In in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. All right, so this next one I found on Reddit, but actually kind of relates to us, Kaylee. You won't think it does at first, but okay. it does. Okay, okay. Okay, so this poster, or whatever they're called there, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> it starts, has anyone had a paranormal experience in the woods of Southwest Oregon? I hope this isn't too vague of a question, and please allow me to add some context. A couple years ago, I did a bike tour from Eugene, Oregon to Lago. I'm going to say it wrong. Lagunitas? Yeah, that sounds right. California. Just north of San Francisco. To save money, I typically would drag my rig into the woods of a nearby national forest and do dispersed camping for free. I was on a shoestring budget, to say the least. If you know the basic geography of that part of Oregon, you know I had to bike west from Eugene through the coastal range, which I would then follow to my final destination. However, once I reached the coast, in order to keep finding free camping, I would inevitably have to venture inland into the woods most nights, sometimes as far as 15 miles. 15 miles? What? Now, I've spent a significant amount of time outdoors in remote areas out west and in the upper Midwest where I was raised. I'm familiar with the sometimes eerie silence the woods can take on when you're truly in the middle of nowhere or the heightened vigilance that settings bring on. However, I had never before felt an oppressive, dark, dreadful energy in my environment like I did alone in the woods of Southwest Oregon. The feeling of wrongness was a common occurrence when I stopped somewhere to evaluate a campsite. That's like a that's like a weird gut feeling. Yeah. I often felt a strong sense of claustrophobia in those woods and often felt that I was not alone. A strong feeling of paranoia became a nightly feature on that leg of the trip, and my sleep schedule suffered considerably. Keep in mind, I was stone cold sober on this tour. Somehow I powered on and I never saw any sort of creature or entity, but I still can't shake the feeling that there's something evil in those forests. Once again, I emphasize that I am well-traveled in the U.S., experienced in the outdoors, and have never once felt that way anywhere else I have been. Okay, I'm getting chills. I'm literally getting chills. Okay, because it gets crazy. I know there's more. So so there are some, like, responders Mm -hmm. that, you know, there was a lot of responses. And I've never been out west, but I want to go out there now. Like, spooky. I'd stay in a fucking hotel on an Airbnb, though. (laughs) They're going 15 miles in the woods. No way. So this response says, My family settled in Eugene and the Coast Range ages ago and mostly worked as loggers, and I wanted to say, you're not crazy, and those woods are wild. I once came upon a cult (gasps) doing some creepy night rituals near some rapids while I was camping. Thankfully, they were harmless and seemed to be as concerned with avoiding me as much as I wanted to avoid them. Yeah. But it was still chilling. That and the weird feelings of always being watched are my only stories. But the forest itself starts to feel like a quiet, powerful god out there. This is like so spooky, right? Yeah, I love it. Gets better. My Uncle Johnny, on the other hand. Oh, I got an Uncle Johnny. Yeah, Uncle Johnny. I I have an Uncle Shawnee. (laughs) Had terrifying encounters and even a few UFO sightings. His most terrifying story was seeing a shadowy figure following him over the course of three days, but always staying just out of sight. 
He knew those woods and worked in them as a logger, then as a Forest Service ranger and a firefighter out there, and recalls this figure being the only time he really felt he was in the presence of evil. Oh my God. Get ready for this. Ready? Okay. The woods are deep and dark and they can play with your senses, even in the most normal of circumstances. So it never surprises me that people have these questions. That all said, I also lived in the woods near the White Mountains of New Hampshire. I literally just got chills down my back. I know, I know, because they are fucking creepy. And those woods creep me out beyond words while still feeling less active and creepy than Oregon's. Like, the White Mountains are fucking scary. I'm really getting like chillies. That's not it. Okay. So there's one more response to that comment that has to do with New Hampshire. So it ties back in. It starts... I live in Portland, Oregon. I've explored immensely and have gone deep, sometimes fishing or foraging mushrooms. Okay, really weird because the next story has to do with fungus. Oh, love that. The forest will feel inviting, airy, and pleasant some days. Other days, the same spot will feel deep, dark, and cavernous. I sit here recalling tons of times I was out in those woods and either heard nothing or felt like I was being watched. Doesn't help when you stumble on a meth camp. Or a kill zone. I bought a firearm for this reason. I went hiking on hood to Tilly Jane Lookout. Didn't make it there through the snowpack, but there was a shadowy figure following our four-person group back down the mountain. Mm. Didn't mention it until we were back in the car, but when I did, my friend said he saw it too. Lots of experiences like this. Lots of feelings of unease, even in gorgeous places. Right. Ready? I, too, spent a lot of time in the White Mountains of New Hampshire, North Conway, Franconia, Crawford, Pinkham Notches, Mount Washington. There's some interesting vibes out there. If the energy could be anthropomorphized, I'd say the White Mountains would be a bony white tall creature dragging its limbs and (gasps) scuttling in the brush. Oregon's is a shadowy mass, sometimes represented as a human or sometimes just shifting trees around. Mic drop. Dude, that's crazy. Dude, I, I really... I literally have a little bit of chills. I, I know. It's it's scary to even, like, read that because we know exactly how those woods are up there. I know. And imagine how creepy they are out there. Guys, we're from New Hampshire, if you didn't know that already. We're from I'm pretty sure New Hampshire. they do. Okay. Anyways. Ugh, spooky. Here's another one. Can I just say, okay, that I didn't have to... St- I didn't stumble over the word anthropomorphized. No, you didn't. I was really impressed by that, actually. I was actually. practicing it in my head. I was like, holy shit, she's got that. Plus, I used to have to say it all the time in college. It's yeah, really it's not like me giving word. you people's names you can't pronounce. Mm-hmm. There might be one I threw out your way Anthropomorphize. Ugh. High school back in the 80s. Me and my buddies were out camping. No tents, just blankets. We woke up in the middle of the night. Fire was down to just embers. I looked down towards my feet and see two green eyes staring back at me green luminous eyes i grab my friend and wake him up i point at the eyes he jumps and pulls out a flashlight as he is doing that i notice eyes all over the area looking at us he shines the light at the eyes nearest us and all that's there is a log what by now a couple of the other guys are up we point out the eyes investigating we discover a luminous fungus (gasps) later after talking to a biology teacher at school we found it was used in the civil war for wounded soldiers interesting this took place in Alabama. Luminous so, fungus? Yes. So I looked it up. Oh, my God. Foxfire. Oh, my God. It's really cool. Also called this fairy fire or chimpanzee fire. A bioluminescence. 
bioluminescence. A bioluminescence. It's a bioluminescence created by some species of fungi presented in decaying wood. Wow. And it's, you're going to, we'll, we'll put the pictures up, but it's really like kind of cool. And there's a person who does it here with the light and literally when you shine the light on it, it's gone. Oh my God. I love that. But I couldn't find anything about it being used to like help people wounded people but i did find that it has been used people will like use it to track places and mark places oh my god that's yeah that's what i found so if you're down in alabama and you get lost just find some fuck fire that's awesome that reminds me of those little jellyfish that light Mm up or are they there might be zooplankton actually bioluminescent something like that all right your turn oh here we go here's a doozy this is a doozy honey So I've been dating this guy for a little over a year now, and it's been nice even though we have our differences. I love to work out. I mean, run up and down 14ers in my, like 14,000 footers in my free time. And he's always been sort of lazy and out of shape, but is still easy on the eyes, so it's never been an issue. For once, it's the girl that wants to go hiking. Like, shocker. Recently, though, my girlfriend was at a bar with some of our mutual friends and coincidentally and luckily saw him out with the boys as he said he would be, but his ex was there along with him and some other girls. Okay. She figured they just ran into each other. He's never done anything suspicious before, but I guess I've been a little bit too trusting. She said she just kind of looked over there occasionally, but decided to text me when they were a little too close. I called him because like, what the fuck? He said he'd just be with the boys and he said he'd be home when he got home and hung up. What a fucking fucking asshole. At this point, I realized that I hadn't been paying much attention to his behavior, being preoccupied with college and work and everything that I brushed off fell into place and I realized he was most definitely hooking up with his ex. We literally lived together. He always stayed out late, would ignore my texts and calls for hours, hung out with his friends, but never invited me and has always been ridiculously protective of his phone, saying he wants to live his own life and it's private, which I should have called him out on, but I'm way too naive, I guess. This was my first real relationship. I hadn't heard anything from my friend or him, but I had been staying up plotting my revenge because a breakup over this type of thing isn't enough. I demanded that he give me his phone, and when he refused, I straight up said, then pack your shit and leave. He's not in the contract, just been staying with me and my roommate and giving me rent since COVID started. Okay, okay. I guess he didn't realize I would actually say something like that. I've always been super gushy over him and basically tend to his every need. Clearly, I would never be the one to break us up. He gave me his phone and I didn't know where to start, but eventually found a messaging app I've never heard of. And sure enough, when I opened it, the first name to pop up was his ex. Okay, okay. Turns out they met almost every weekend for drinks or a restaurant and most definitely hooked up afterwards as well as sending some pics to each other nudies i was pissed but already had some patty revenge planned okay okay he said the classic shit like i can be better i never meant to hurt you i'm so sorry you've been nothing but good to me this is what i don't get that guys do that when you or anybody who cheats it's like why are you like you're gonna do it now you're gonna do it again why why have a secret relationship if you like this person, so I don't know. It's whatever. So stupid. It's so funny. People bad. suck. And the infamous, I can change. <laughs> <laughs> I had been waiting for that, so I said, prove it. Come on my hike with me tomorrow. Show me that you can change your ways and do something I like for once. I'm fairly manipulative. Oops. 
I've been trying to hit a 14,000 foot mountain every weekend since the season started and have been fairly successful only missing one week. I had been planning to finally do Long's Peak, but he would definitely not have made it to the top, so we did an easier one instead. Hiking up was a bitch, and we stopped about every 30 minutes for him making it a very boring eight-hour trip to the top. He was definitely trying to be nicer and sweeter than he has been, but it was kind of just pathetic at that point. Mm -hmm. I already knew I'd never take back a cheater. When we got to the top, he sat down immediately and drank the rest of his water, despite me warning him he'd definitely need it for the hike down. (laughs) Okay. I took some obligatory photos since this was still one I've never done before. And then I gave him a kiss because goddamn those lips and said, we're officially over. (laughs) Then turned to start my jog down. He was exhausted and couldn't keep up for long once we hit the trail again. But he was saying a bunch of stuff that I mostly tuned out. But I heard him say, slow down. You're just going to have to wait in the car, bitch. Fuck you. (laughs) It was a pretty long hike, so I doubted he'd be home for a while. He did have reception, and there was a water fountain at the trailhead. I made sure I'm not too much of an asshole. I don't know how things will turn out when he comes to get his stuff and where he'll go after, but I might update this if anything interesting happens. I'm really happy despite everything. I love it. That was a big buildup. Okay, you ready? Yes. About six years ago, when I was still in high school, me and about five other guys all went camping midsummer in West Virginia. We took two four-wheelers with a wagon attached and rode down into the woods with all of our stuff. And it was weird outside, like the atmosphere. We stayed at my friend's the night before and it rained until about 8 a.m. It was near his house, so we just rode that way. We left the house around 1 p.m. and it was still muggy, but it had that electrical kind of smell outside. You know what I mean? After a rainy day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Petrichor. Yeah. And all around an odd day, cloudy and whatnot. We get around three miles out and stop to drink, have a smoke, and all of a sudden... Something darts across the trail about 40 yards away. We figured it was just a deer and went on. We ended up taking extra time to get there, crossing creeks and trees that had fallen so we didn't get to camp till around 4. We set up and all of a sudden, as we're starting to make our fire, we see something tall in the trees. We laughed and said the tree looked like a really tall deer on its (gasps) back legs. Well, it darts out and runs on its back legs, and we never saw it again. It must have been 10 feet tall. Never heard anything else that trip, but that was beyond strange for us. That's so fucked up. So fucked up. So I reached out to, of course, my alumni page, Paul Smith's College alumni page, and I was like, hey, because everybody's very outdoorsy, like, do you have any hiking, hunting, fishing, et cetera, et cetera? Did you come across crime scene? Whatever. (laughs) And I got a crazy fucking terrifying story. And pictures included. So I am going to say his name. Normally we do anonymous, but since he wrote it, I'm going to say it. Hello, Sage. My name is Kyle Dash, alumni of fall of 2013. So that was like the year that I started. Currently, I'm a procurement forester for a lumber company in western New York. In November or December of 2019, I was working on a timber bid sale in Centerville, New York, and throughout the 180-acre parcel, I kept finding old baby dolls so spooky some were propped up others just strewn around every time I was in those woods I felt like I was being watched and each day I was there I would find another doll one day I was there I swore I could smell a bear and then he says or Sasquatch who knows (laughs) whatever it was it had the most pungent smell of pure body odor I have 
ever smelled and I was never able to figure it out. The final day, I left some coins for the doll closest to the road and had my fingers crossed that I would win the timber bid. Unfortunately, I didn't win it. However, whenever I'm in the area, I have something pulling at me to drive by and stop. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. However, in that woods in a sleepy town of western New York, I felt like something else was there. Spirits, Sasquatch, who knows? It's a short distance away from a fabled Seneca Native American myth location of Lost Nations State Forest. Regardless of what it was, it had a pull that will always spark my curiosity. Thanks, Sage. I love that. And then I I kind of responded back to him and I was like, I think this is so crazy. And we talked, he's like, you know, I, I really am believe in the spirit thing and I was like I do too and especially like if you smelled that body odor what if it was the spirit of somebody Mm because sometimes it comes through as a smell so this was sent in from my friend Brie who I went to college with just like you just had a random random thing with two college stories Brie likes to road trip a lot she I we went to Martha's Vineyard together we've had some good times yes um but this story is kind of weird We were on a road trip from Las Vegas to Los Angeles. Along the way, we went to the Forest of 100 Giants, which is the southernmost part of the Sequoia Forest, where all the massive trees are. We get there, hike around, head out, and we have no cell service. We drove around for hours trying to find our way out. The only time the GPS would turn on was to tell us to make a right on this road, but it wasn't a road. It was someone's ranch. I'm like, let's just go. We may be able to get to the other side through the property. So we turn in. Immediately, there's a baby cow standing in front of the car, almost telling us to turn around. Then it moves. Then a tarantula crosses the street in front of us, large enough to see it. Then a second one. I'm like, no way. Wait, a real tarantula? They have those out there? I guess. So, or just like a big ass spider. No, thank you. We keep driving. We see a house in the distance to the left and a ton of old cars sitting in a field next to it. Now I'm thinking we're the next victims in the movie House of Wax. (gasps) The best fucking movie ever. (laughs) It also reminds me of like Rob Zombie movies. Yes. The uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. So fucking Which is funny because uh, Brie and I's friend Meg, Meg was my roommate, uh, we used to watch that together. You know the part in House of Wax where she goes, and Prizer it's super so bad. glued lips. So bad. Paris Hilton, Prizer super glued lips apart. <laughs> <laughs> so fucked. Fucked me up. Next, there's a river or a stream going over the road. I drove through it. We get to the end and the gate is chained up and locked. I'm panicking. We turn around and there's a Jeep coming into the property. We stop and we're like, we're so sorry. We're so oh lost. The woman tells us to go to the end of the road and make a left. Well, at the end of the road, there was no left turn to be made. After circling around, a big white truck is following us and eventually puts on lights and pulls us over. What? I have never been so happy to be pulled over in my life. He said we looked lost after I asked why were we pulled over. He asked us where we were going. We told him Lake Isabella. He laughs and says we're three hours away. We should have been an hour or so away. And the whole road down the mountain was on cliffs, not New England cliffs, but cliffs looking into the top of other mountains. No guardrails. I'm freaking out, driving slow and in the middle of the road. I could not do it. No way. I can't even stay in my lane anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, ready? When I was in grad school at University of Georgia, I took a spontaneous 2,000 mile road trip just to say we did it. 
My roommate was the type who was always down for an adventure and can't sit still for more than 10 minutes at a time. Sounds like Sage. (laughs) Spring break came around and we had zero plans for the week. So she asked, do you want to go to Canada tomorrow? And I said, sure, why not? And that is the extent of the planning that we did for this trip. We had no money, no plans, no travel arrangements, just a passport and a bunch of snacks. The trip took a week total. Day one, we went from Athens, Georgia, to my roommate's family's farm in Virginia. Day two, we drove from the farm to Washington, D.C. for some sightseeing. Ooh, fun. Put your fanny pack on. (laughs) It was dark when we got to D.C., so we got to see all the monuments lit up, which was very cool. So pretty. We took pictures at the Washington Monument, the Lincoln Memorial, and then we got chased away from the White House by a bicycle cop while we took pics there. (laughs) After that, we went on to Philly, where we stayed the night on someone's couch. Day three, we explored Philly, saw the Liberty Bell, Independence Hall, and ate cheesesteaks from a food truck. This was also the day that we had to Uber around the city because I am unable to parallel park, which is pretty much the only parking available in Philly. Never been to Philly. I don't think I have. At the end of the day, we drove on to New York City and stayed the night on another couch. Day four, we explored the city a little bit, went to Times Square and down to see the Statue of Liberty in the morning before leaving the city and driving all the way across New York State to try and see the lovely Viagra Falls (laughs) before it got dark. Never seen it. Niagara. Never seen it. You know what? Went to I've never York, been to Canada. Never, seen it. never been out of the country. I got my I got my passport the week <laughs> ready to go. Literally the Friday before everything closed down. So to go somewhere weird to think about. We made it with two hours of daylight left. We took pictures at the top of Niagara and explored the park there for a while while we planned to cross the border into Canada. We were maybe ten minutes from the border when we realized that we have no cash <laughs> and we have no idea if our credit cards would work in Canada. So we stopped at an ATM and took out $100, which was all we had between the two of us, and set off for the border. Crossing the border was so funny to us because the Canadian Border Patrol kept asking us, What are you doing in Canada, eh? Where are you staying, eh? (laughs) It was so stereotypical, and I giggled way more than was appropriate for the situation. I would just like to take a moment to say that my old flame... He used to say A all the time because he lived right at the border in New York. Yeah, right at the border. And when I lived there for a summer up there, I absorbed that habit. And I would say, that's pretty nice, eh? Like that. I got rid of it. I got rid of that. But it was a very weird thing that I happened to pick up. He just kept saying A at the top of every statement. And I really thought that was just in movies. Anyways, the man let us in, and we stopped at the currency exchange for some very colorful Canadian cash. I know, right? I, it's so gorgeous. It's so crazy how many countries are colorful. And, and ours, ours are, are just boring. boring. <laughs> like, ew. And then headed for Toronto, where we stayed on someone's couch. I do like the size of our money, though. Like, it's thinner and yeah, smaller. Yeah, it's definitely, like, like texturally aesthetic, but it's very non-visually aesthetic. Day five had us exploring Toronto a little bit before heading west towards Detroit. About halfway there, we needed to stop for gas. And that is where we learned that in Canada, you don't prepay your gas. You just pump it and pay at the end. We used to be able to do that, remember? Yes. That used to be a thing. Actually, I think it was before I even got my license. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I used to, you used to be able to just pump gas and go in and give them 20. You can do it still in New York, but I was never, I never did it. Because like, what if... You drove off. That was the issue. That's why I, yeah, that's the problem. I remember doing that. That's so funny. 
I looked so stupid with my Georgia license plate when I went inside the gas station and asked the man to put 20 on pump three. He just gave me this long blank stare and said, it's already on. You just pump the gas. (laughs) We don't know that in America. I asked him if people ever just drive off without paying for the gas. And he said, sometimes, but this isn't America. People don't really do that here. Blew my mind. Okay. I also had no idea how much I needed for gas because in Canada, the price is listed as cents per liter rather than dollars per gallon. Oh, that would be hard for me too. Right. Yeah. Right. It's very confusing up there. We used to go out for poutine all the time at oh, P-Vans. Don't even get me started on a freaking poutine. You just get in the car and you go. What I would do for a good old, oh God, a real Canadian poutine. I would poutine. do disgusting, would nasty, dirty things that unforgivable, unforgivable things. <laughs> unforgivable things. For, unforgivable for a medium make poutine, me some poutine medium poutine, for free and and two slaw dogs from p vans slaw do you, dogs do you remember that youtube video the no, say it again say it again you said, make me a sandwich for free <laughs> you don't remember the unforgivable no, no. show oh. me it after okay if you guys just got the reference i just made i appreciate you anyway sage keep going <laughs> Show me it's a bitch. waffle fries. Oh my god, it sounds familiar, but I don't know what it is. Diet Coke. <laughs> Ready? And I have absolutely no idea how many liters my gas tank holds, or how many Canadian cents are in a U.S. dollar. <laughs> what a conversion! After that, we got very lost somewhere outside of London. It must be a London, Canada. London, Canada. Interesting. Because my GPS no longer worked because I didn't have service in Canada. Which is not something I expected because we put zero planning into this trip. (laughs) It's really fucking weird. I love this journey. I'm loving this journey. It's really weird. Like, Kaylee, you've never driven across the border into Canada. The second you drive across the border, the second you get a text in your phone that says, welcome to Canada. And then all of your, and it tells you all of your texts are going to be charged. It's it's the second you get into the, the one foot into Canada, boom! Damn, it's really weird. That's crazy. And then you don't have any service, and then you switch your car. Well, if you have T-Mobile, it's international. Yep. Guess what? Guess who's got T-Mobile? This I mean, girl. My stepmom does pay for the international. Wait, do but... I have T-Mobile? Yeah, I got motherfucking T-Mobile. But we got international. Then you switch your speedometer, or you pay attention to the other, like the kilometers or what kilometers or whatever in your car. Yeah, it's the weird. It's such a f- and it's like sim houses everywhere. Sim houses. They're all sim houses, like weird stone houses that are not real stone. Anyways, after circling an army base a few times, we found our way back to the highway and saw a sign for the Rainbow Bridge to Detroit. Or we could detour north a bit and take the ferry across Lake St. Clair. Obviously, we chose to take the ferry. So fun. We followed the hand-painted plywood signs that just said USA. Down a series of dirt roads and over an unbelievably blue river until we saw the water. A tiny guard shack and three other cars in line for the boat. There were some otters playing in the water, so we took pictures while we waited. So cute. Mm -hmm. Finally, the ferry arrived and we drove on board. The boat got halfway across the lake when the man came around to collect the fee, which again, we did not expect because we did not plan this trip at all. He said it was $8, but we had literally no money left. Oh my God, the stress. We just gave him our remaining handful of mixed Canadian and American change and he just sighed and said, good enough, before moving (laughs) on to the car behind us. At least he let them do that. I know. If it's Canadians doing that. Yeah. I can understand it. Americans, they'd be like, um, figure it the fuck out or you're not getting well, off this why boat. Why would they come halfway through? What? They came halfway through the boat. Like, Oh, that's how they get you. Yeah. You're After, already on the boat. When I used to take it, because I used but to I take a ferry. But I guess if you take a train, they kind of come around mid-train. Mid-train to do your ticket. They probably work their way back. 
when I used to take, I used to take a ferry across Lake Champlain to get to school every single time to and from home. They, you do it right before you get on the ferry so that you can't, you have, you don't get trapped, but you got to take cash out. Mm -hmm. After arriving back in the U.S. and leaving the boat, we had to check in at the U.S. Border Patrol Station. We showed our passports while he asked us all kinds of crazy trick questions. He asked us, where's your home? Like five times. Asked us what school we went to, where we were coming from or going to. He asked us if we went to X school that we had never even heard of. What? They do that. It's weird fucking shit, dude. They asked me, do you, what school do you, do you go to Paul Smith College? They know everything. You, you pull, they pull you right up. Later, we saw a sign for that school, so it was obviously just the local community college, and he was trying to trip us up. He asked us if we had bought anything in Canada that we were smuggling across the border, and we just giggled and said, yeah, postcards and maple syrup. (laughs) He had so many questions, it made me miss the Canadian guy who just kept saying, eh? He finally let us go, and we were pretty excited to see Detroit since my roommate was a huge Eminem fan. (laughs) But when we got to 8 Mile, she got scared and just said to keep driving. We continued our journey to Cincinnati that night, where you guessed it, we stayed on someone's couch. (laughs) Day six, we explored Cincinnati, and to be honest, I wasn't super impressed by the city. Not my favorite. We quickly moved on and drove to Lexington, Kentucky to see my family. Day seven, we completed the adventure and returned to Athens, broke, exhausted, hungry, and stinky. And I think total, we spent a few hundred dollars on gas and snacks. We didn't really have proper meals or showers that whole trip, and we couldn't afford souvenirs. We stayed on couches, napped in the car, ate a lot of trail mix, and listened to a lot of Eminem and Hamilton. I'm so down for Eminem. But we had so much fun, and I will never forget it. It was the only time I have ever left the U.S., and it was the most memorable trip that I never would have thought to go on if my roommate hadn't come up with it. 10 out of 10 road trip. I'll always look back at those pictures and remember how I got to spend a week with my best friend driving around the country and getting lost in Canada with no plan and no money and no worries. I would do it over in a heartbeat. My only regret is that I was so distracted by the guy saying, eh, 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 (laughs) that I forgot to ask him to stamp my passport. P.S. The someone's couch that we stayed on was always a friend of a friend, so we weren't just staying with total randos in foreign countries. Nothing to worry about there. I love that. We had to throw in some road trip ones, even though, like, you know, it's not wilderness, but it's a road trip. Hello. This doesn't necessarily have to be a wilderness themed. It could be an adventure episode. Yes, adventurous. An adventures. Um, I like that little adventure she just took us on, though. I know. I was painting it in my head. She didn't even get her passport stamps. The only time she's been out of America. I haven't even been out. I don't even know if I have mine stamped. Um, that's our last stories anyways, guys. I'm so... Or do we want to read these three? They're short. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. Who cares? Uh, okay. One of them looked really cool, and so I think I want okay, you to Okay, so it. these are three stories that I found on OutdoorLife.com. They're kind of like just random things that have been found in the woods. So here's the first one. Back in the early 80s, my brother and I got the idea that we wanted to float on an Alaskan river that had never seen a raft. We heard about a remote creek that was running unseasonably high and talked an outfitter with a float plane into dropping us at its headwaters. It would be a 14-day float to the takeout spot. Halfway into the trip, we rounded a bend, and there was an entire log cabin beached on a brushy sandbar. What? It must have been washed down from its original location in the spring runoff. After a week of seeing no signs of humans, we had to stop. We rummaged the place, feeling like trespassers, even though it hadn't been inhabited in decades. 
We found broken jars, tools, old cans, and even a rusted out gold pan, like the sifter That's for sifting so gold. Cool. We left that cabin just as we found it, still feeling like intruders. We knew the next high water would finish the task and return those hoon timbers to the river. My brother and I still talk about that find and wonder about the old trapper and prospector who built the shack and lived way out there. And I still wish I'd kept his rusty old gold pan. Oh, my God. That's fucking cool. The gold pan. I know. Of course, Kaylee gives me the one with the hard, the hard, (laughs) maybe the hardest words we're ever going to come across in this podcast. I told you. I was doll sheep hunting with two buddies in the most beautiful real estate I've ever seen. The massive. Okay, here we go. Uh, I'm just going to sound it out here now. Okay. Uh, Okay. Tatshinshini, Alsic Wilderness of Northern, I did pretty good there. That wasn't bad. Of Northern British Columbia. We had backpacked 55 kilometers to the head of a series of glaciers and spotted a band of rams on a distant ridge. As we were picking our way along the lower ridge of a glacier, I found a stick, then another. This is rock and ice country, so it was unusual to see wood. Then I realized I was looking at an artifact. Maybe, okay, okay. maybe okay, sorry. Uh, an atlatl. <laughs> atlatl, atlatl. It's not. It's yeah, something. It's an uh, some sort of artifact. We're gonna okay. call it atlatl. Something old. A T L A T L. I guess that's it. Just then, one of my buddies said, "I think I found the poor fellow that lost that stuff." It was a partial body 30 feet above us. Mm-hmm. That's so creepy. All we could see was a pelvis. The legs were still frozen in the glacier. We photographed the find and then went and killed a couple of beautiful rams. We reported our discovery when we got back to civilization and it became a major anthropological event. The oldest organically preserved human remains in North America estimated at 500 years old. The First Nations called him Quade Dan Sichinsi. <laughs> I'm shrugging over here. I don't know what to I say. I love to do it to you. Oh, God. Which translates to long ago person found. Oh, easy. Makes sense. Would have been much. Oh, but I know how to say this. I'm getting ready for this one. <laughs> Actually, I, I, I might not say it correctly, but I remember learning about this. We later learned the body was that of a clinket hunter, 20 years old and in perfect physical condition when he died. With him, he had a robe made of Arctic ground squirrel skins mm. and sinew from a mountain goat and blue whale, plus a smoked sockeye salmon in a pocket and a hat woven from spruce root. This is the fucking coolest story. The news made a splash, but despite extensive searching, archaeologists weren't able to find the man's head. Four years later, my buddies and I drew sheep tags again for the area, and we went back to the glacier, which had receded a good deal since our original visit, which is so sad. And not a hundred yards from where we found the pelvis, we found the head. Isn't that crazy? Because now it's like melted. Oh my God. How was it that we made both of these finds? A lot of people have talked about the astronomical odds, but I don't think it was coincidence. It's taken me years to reach this conclusion, but I think we were meant to find him. He was a hunter, and it took a hunter to find a hunter. Mm-hmm. I hope if something like what happened to him, either falling in a crevice or getting lost in a midsummer storm and dying of hypothermia, happens to me, it's another hunter who finds me 500 years later. Right? That's kind of cool. 
I love that story. I like things like that. I knew you'd like that one, even though it was difficult to read. Anyway, it's my story. Back in 2013, I was bow hunting for elk in the Raggeds, a wilderness area west of Crested Butte, Colorado, when I happened on a large sheet of twisted and bent metal high on the slopes of a timbered mountain. I later learned that it was the remains of a single-engine aircraft that had crashed in the area some 20 years earlier. Most of the wreckage had been dismantled and removed by pack trains, but the mules were unable to carry the engine. Later, I went back to the area and located the engine. My guide recalled that the plane was owned by the Colorado Department of National Resources. I never learned if there had been loss of life in the wreck, but it was sure a spooky thing to find an abandoned aircraft engine sitting in the middle of the wilderness. Yes. Right? There's so many. There's a lot in our state. There is. All right. Do you have your questionable question? I do, Mitch. As always, guys, send your stories to so what who cares pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Insta at so what who cares. You can also pod. DM us. DM us. Do whatever you want. Text us. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? You want to go first since I went for the fucking bag? Sure. What is the clumsiest injury you've ever had? Just oh. give me one. You don't need to give me 10. Just one, Sage. No, I know. I only have one. Okay. Um, one time I got the dogs at Ryan's, Molly Wilbur, I got them really excited. Hey guys, you want to go outside? You want to go outside? And they have these like French doors that go like this, boop. And one of the doors was open and Molly and I ran in the door at the same time, like trying to like, it was like a fucking power struggle of who was going to get the door first. Well, she beat me because my pinky toe got trapped like got stuck on the other French door and I went forward but my pinky toe stayed back and Ryan's dad had to touch my feet and wrap my feet it was Stop. only like it was only like a couple months into our relationship oh my god I don't think and I've ever heard that I like dislocated my fucking pinky toe so bad and it still hurts to this day okay I have mine um a few years ago I was walking down the stairs at my aunt's and I don't even know I was just going down there to look at something and as I got to literally the last step, she had like a shirt on the ground or something because yeah. their laundry's down there. I stepped on it and twisted my entire ankle. Oh my Do you God, remember, I remember that? that happening? And yes. my ankle was so swollen and I didn't have health insurance, so I never went to the doctor. Oh God, I and everyone was that. like, I'm pretty sure it's broken. Like it was bad. I like had to call work. I was like, yeah, I can't walk oh at all. Oh my God. I can't walk. Did you break it? I don't know. I never went to the doctor. So. Oh, so yeah, you don't know. I mean, I walk fine on it now. It couldn't have been broken. It's so weird. That's so fucking funny. I remember that. Oh my god. All right. My oh yeah, you get a question. I thought my we were questionable question is a an icebreaker on the first day of school. Okay. If you could swim in any liquid, what would it be and why? I would swim in a nice. Big old pool of poutine. Mm. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Okay, I was gonna say that's pretty good. That's pretty fucking good. I would probably swim in moon sand. Ooh, that would be cool. You just sink around. We know we ain't swimming in the fucking wave pool at fucking water country. <gasps> what a country. No, right. you're not. You're definitely not. The fucking band-aids and baby shit. <laughs> I would False everybody teeth. everybody when you like do this at like in like a work setting, everybody's like, I'd swim in a margarita and I'd swim in an iced coffee. No. Give me a fucking swimming pool of moon sand and I'll be happy. That would be really cool. I have one more thing to say. Okay. Go ahead. We know you always have one more thing to say. That's why I normally have to cut you off. But I'll let you go this time because you didn't give me 20 options on the question I asked. What are you getting out of your pocket right now? I have just one more thing. She's got one more thing to say. I go, I got one more. Yeah, and I, you know what? Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. I got one more thing to do. I would just like to officially scratch off West Virginia. Oh, 
West Virginia. Yep, do a little music while I scratch it. Let's get the, actually, let's get the freaking microphone. This is for West Virginia. Ooh, she's red. Ooh. Well, anyways, West Virginia, thank you for our, to our West. This this episode's dedicated to our West Virginia listeners. You know who it is? Chaotic Neutral Podcast. Yes. Am I saying it correctly, right? I'm assuming. We love your lives. Yeah, we do love your live feeds. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening as always. So what? Who cares? We, we don't. don't. Cha, 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 cha. <laughs> you kind of have that. Oh, it's not stopping. It's like this light hit it on, but it was off. It's been off. I haven't been able to get it back on. Oh, gee, John, thank you for being here. Jesus and Rebecca Julius, all, we all honor you and your deaths. Isn't that death? so cute? She died? Oh, she's probably dead by now, Sage. You Let's think she's it. dead? I think Rebecca Julius is dead. You've got to be fucking kidding me. What was that? Oh, my God. Jesus just fell over. Oh, my God. Big <laughs> so Jesus, sorry, up. Jesus, sorry, 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 buddy, sorry, buddy. Buddha, you all right? Oji Chan, you all right? Rebecca, you okay? <laughs> you guys okay? Damatol, you good? Bone spur, you good? I found that on the beach. It creeped me out. Oh, would you look at that heel spur? Oh, okay, okay. He said, "I'll be home when I get home." Okay, like a dick. Okay, okay, I'll reread this. <laughs> river stream. There's a river stream in a cauldron. <laughs> there's a river stream. Do you want to go to Canada? Do I go to Canopy Lake Park tomorrow? <laughs> stop. Stop. <laughs> yeah, I do, kind of. This was also the day that we had to Uber around the city because I had an get <laughs> get. My fucking God. This new beat. This was also the day that we had to Uber around the city because I am unable to parallel park. Why is it so easy to do <laughs> it when you that talk voice. like that? I don't know. I don't know. It's so easy. Went to Times Square and down to see the Statue of Liberty in the morning. Down to day. Yeah, you're right. Day four, we will explore the city a bit. <laughs> Went down to Times Square and down to the see the Statue of Liberty in the morning. Before leaving the city, driving all the way across New York State to try to see Niagara Falls before it got dark. We made it with two hours of daylight left. We took pics at the top of the hour. We explored the park there for a while before we planned to cross the border to Canada. We were maybe 10 minutes from the border, but we realized that there was no cash and we had no idea if our credit cards would work in Canada. So we stopped at an ATM and took out $100, which is all we had between two of us. And we set off the border. Crossing the border was so funny to us because the Canadian portal guy kept asking us, Hey, what are you doing? Hey, and then where are you staying? Hey. It was so stereotypical, and I giggled way more than was appropriate for the situation. He just kept saying A at the end of every statement, and I really thought that it was just in the I movies. Anyway, the man so let well. us in, and we set, stop at the current... I messed up right there. Dude, I got oh long without messing up. Oh, I'm showing you it. Avenue, you cunt. No, Make me a sandwich, you bitch. Oh, you don't want a sandwich? Go ahead. Oh, my God. You want me on Sage, you're going to die. That's actually a wilderness, honestly. That YouTube video, the guy's standing in the middle of the woods in every one that he does. Anyways. 